Hello and welcome to One to Grow On, a show where we dig into questions about agriculture and try to understand how food production impacts us and our world. My name is Hallie Casey and I studied and currently work in agriculture. And I'm Chris Casey, Hallie's dad, and I don't know anything about agriculture. Each episode, we pick an area of agriculture or food production to discuss. And this week, we are focusing on fungal networks. So let's let's get into it. Dad, what do you know about fungal networks specifically related to plants? So I know that there's something called the mycelial network. Okay. And I know about it because of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, what? 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 So part of the premise of Star Trek Discovery is there's some sort of mycelial network in space that a giant tardigrade can float around on. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I agree. If the tardigrade is giant, how is it floating around on the mycelia, which are tiny? It was a little hand wavy, even by Star Trek standards. What? Do you... And... But... Okay. So it helped the Enterprise go like really far, really fast, faster than their normal warp drive could take them. Hey, listener, editing Chris here. If you're thinking Star Trek Discovery is about the Discovery and not the Enterprise, you'd be right. Because they rode the fungus. Yeah, they rode the mycelial network. and Mycelia is, is basically fungus. Okay, but at some point, their chief engineer takes over of the person that sort of flies them through the mycelium network because they don't want to be cruel to the tardigrade. That doesn't make any sense at all. Star Trek, man. It's about philosophy. Okay, so do you know what fungi is compared to mushrooms? Let's start there. So, so far as I know... And of course, I grew up with the five plant kingdoms. And from what I remember from my education is fungus is uh, one of the kingdoms and mushrooms are in that fungal kingdom, along with athlete's foot. Wait, you said five plant kingdoms. Well, sorry, you're right. Uh, five, I guess the five light kingdoms of life. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so animals, is... plants, and then fungus... Uh -huh. Is another one that's like right. aren't quite the same as plants. It's separate it's, from plants, right? Because you know they don't have chlorophyll. I guess bummer for them. Yeah, lots of people. Well, not lots of people. I have heard people say they thought fungus was plants. Fungus is not plants. It is separate from plants. The mushrooms are the fruiting bodies of the fungi, uh, and they're just like the very, very tip of the iceberg. The mycelia are actually like the body of the fungus. They like make up the majority of the fungus. Uh, and then the hyphae are basically like branches, like branching filaments that make up the, the mycelium, the, the total like body of a fungus. So wait, are they a berry? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, so they're not a berry. It's the mushroom part is what, like you said, the fruiting body. And when yeah, you say fruiting much. body, uh, you mean that's what produces the seed, which well, it's it's no. what produces yeah. the the reproductive parts. Yes, and I was going to say, thank you for interrupting me. Uh, that <laughs> on a mushroom, the seed is, I guess, spores, or at least that's what I know of. But maybe they're not all spores. 
I mean, we're we're using the word seed here very liberally. I don't know if we want to apply seed to the animal kingdom if we can extrapolate that way. It's I not that go, kind of podcast. I wouldn't say seed. I, yeah, yeah. The the fruiting body meaning that that is what creates new mushrooms. Got it. Okay. And then, and then the mycelia is like the the body of it. Like if we we're thinking about it in analogous to a plant, the mushroom would be like an apple, and the mycelia would be all the rest of the tree. Oh, okay. So it's not just the trunk or just the roots. It's the whole thing. Whole thing. And then the hyphae is like a branch. So I don't think I've ever seen any part of a mushroom that wasn't just the mushroom. I mean, is... Well, the, the mushroom is the part is a mushroom, right? So the part of a fungi okay. or a fungus. So, but I mean, when I buy a mushroom at the grocery store or I see a mushroom growing on a log in the forest... There's just like this mushroom popping up and I don't know what the mycelia part is. Right. So I wanted to start talking about these different definitions because I want to get you away from that idea of a mushroom. So like, have you seen other fungus? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I used to work in a bakery and sometimes we'd have to throw the bread out or sometimes we keep food too long. Exactly. That's mold. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Boom. Answered. So the mycelia there are like, that's the fuzzy bits. Um, in the soil, they're, they're really, really small. Typically, they are microscopic, uh, but they're very important. We are specifically going to be talking about mycorrhizal fungi. So that word, we can break it up into two parts. Uh, the word mycos, meaning fungus in Greek, and the word rhiza, meaning root in Greek. Okay. So just to be clear, when I walk along the path in the forest and I see the mushrooms, there's fuzzy bits somewhere? Under the ground. Under the, the ground. Soil, in the soil, there, there are fuzzy bits. A network of branching hyphal filaments that make up the mycelium. Wait, is that where the enterprise flies around? No, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, fine. So, okay, when you, okay, I know you wanted to get away from mushrooms. <laughs> but on a mushroom, there's like the cap and, uh-huh. and the stalk. Uh-huh. Is Sometimes. all that part of the fruiting body or is some yeah. of that part of the mycelia? Okay, all that's part of the fruiting body. Yeah. yeah. All right. And the mycelia is the fuzzy bits underground and there is a network of them. Of yeah. It. We said we said fuzzy bits because we were trying to envision fungus. Like when you when you really see like a an image of an underground like mycelium it's really like it kind of looks like a tree like it's massive uh it's it's really interconnected if you kind of imagine like grassroots like really really fine uh hyphae that that are like connected and and huge right it's going to be super huge so it's not like a little fuzzy spot right it's it's a huge network of these branching uh hyphae that that connect like a rhizome yeah, right, but a mushroom, but a okay. mu- but a fungus though. It's like a fungi. Anyways, we got the image now. We got the image. There are many different kinds of fungi. We are going to specifically be talking about mycorrhizal fungi. My my mycorrhizae fungi. Yeah. Do you remember the Greek I said earlier? Mycos meaning fungus and rhizae meaning root. Exactly. I remember so this... because I'm looking at the show notes. <laughs> So this is what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Uh, basically, plants need nutrients from the soil, right? But they don't spread out very well. It takes them a lot of energy to spread out. 
Um, most plant roots are built off of like built with carbohydrates and plants make carbohydrates using photosynthesis. So it's a lot of work to photosynthesize. You know, what does spread out really well is mycelium. Why is that? Because they're real small and it's easy for them to get very many places. And it's just kind of what they're specialized to do. It's what they do. So plants trade carbohydrates with fungi in the soil for basically nutrients. So they get the nutrients from the fungi and the fungi get some carbohydrates to go and build some more little hyphae somewhere else or to go build a mushroom. Okay. And there, I found an article from the journal Nature that said that 85% of vascular plants are in some kind of mycorrhizal relationship. So when the mycorrhizae, whatever, when the fuzzy bits spread out, uh-huh. um, they're not just transporting nutrients to each other or to their fruiting bodies or whatever. Um, they're also like plants somehow use them to transport nutrients. Yeah, they're basically in relationship with the plants in the ecosystem, which makes sense when we think about it as an ecosystem, which it is. But yeah, they're they're basically like buying and selling nutrients and carbohydrates back and forth between between these plants and the fungus. But whenever I hear someone talk about their plant getting a fungus, it's a bad thing. Well, yeah. So, like, you can have issues with houseplants if a plant gets anaerobic. But the those fungi in the soil are really, really crucial to a plant being able to get enough nutrients. So, like everything else pretty much in the soil, you can have beneficial fungi and you can have uh, detrimental fungi or pest fungi. So... Most of it is beneficial fungi. Like that that mycorrhizal network is so key for plants. Got it. Okay, cool. So, but I think we need to establish something pretty quick um, Mm -hmm. right now. Is it fungi or is it fungi? (laughs) I switch between the two, which is probably not correct. I think technically it's fungi, but I always grew up saying fungi, so... I let's stick with fungi for the rest of the episode because I'm pretty sure that's the scientifically correct way to say it. But it's fungi. It's fungi like the peanut butter. Fungi peanut butter. What is fungi? Fungi peanut like the peanut butter, not fungi like graphics. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a gif gif go joke. Oh man, I can't even say that sentence. That's such a, <laughs> a gif gif joke. For those of you at home. Gif-gif. So within these mycorrhizal fungi that we're discussing today, there are two main types. There are ectomycorrhizal fungi and arbuscular mycorrhizal fungi. So an ectomycorrhizal fungi, basically these, these two types are describing how the fungi gets in relationship with the plant. So an ectomycorrhizal fungi, do you know the, the prefix ecto? Yeah, that's what ghosts create is ectoplasm. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like in the science, like actual, what does it actually mean in in Latin? Ecto, doesn't it mean outer? Exactly, right. Okay. So uh, ectomycorrhizal fungi, basically, if you think about plant root cells, they're kind of built like a brick wall. So they're like these little boxes that are stacked next to each other. And an ectomycorrhizal fungi will penetrate the root, but doesn't penetrate the actual cells. So it kind of creates this sheath around those those little brick cells, um, which can be very helpful in protecting the roots from like um, like nematodes or something like that that might want to come and eat it. But it basically comes out and like 
creates a little wall around that that little cell along the root. Um, so that's ecto, meaning outside of the cell. This is often associated with like forests. A, a lot of conifers have these ectomycorrhizal fungi relationships. Uh, they're great. They're terrific. The other type is arbuscular mycorrhizal fungi. I tried to figure out what the word arbuscular means. It is based on the word tree, right? Arbor, arbuscular. Uh, basically, these guys squeeze in the actual root cells, like in the plant cells. They get in the walls and they live in the cells. And the little arbuscules, which are like the, the bits of the fungi that are inside the actual plant cell, kind of spread out and look like tree branches, which, which is where we get that, that arbor connection, because it kind of looks like a tree branch inside of the actual cell. Um, this is really typical in things like grasses, not always. Um, you have, you, these connect to all kinds of different things. That sounds amazing. Yeah, they're both great. They're both super cool. But they both do essentially the same thing. They have some sort of relationship with the plant where they do like a nutrient exchange. Right. Yeah. That's that's what these mycorrhizal fungi do. Okay. Uh, this is just basically a different way of establishing that relationship with the plant. Got it. So now we're going to get into kind of like the crazy part. Like we're on board for like a plant knows a mushroom and they like trade stuff back and forth. But here's where it gets intense. Trees are not in kind of the traditional way that we think about them an individual organism. Because they're socialists? Because, because of these these fungal relationships form something that uh, scientists have, have been calling kind of the, the wood wide web. <laughs> oh, respect. Yeah. Mad respect. Like, yes, <laughs> so, but wait, I don't, I don't think I understand uh what it is you're saying about why they're not individuals. Trees are not individuals because they talk to each other or because they have the wood wide web to that goes between the tree roots so that the trees can talk to each other over the fungal network. Yeah. It's basically that second one. This wood wide web is kind of a way what? of like reimagining what we think of as a forest ecosystem. So a lot of this work was pioneered by an amazing scientist, Suzanne Samard from the University of British Columbia. And here's like how she figured it out. So what she did was she put a traceable form of carbon in a tree, right, in a forest. And then she took samples from a neighboring tree at a later date and found the carbon in the other tree that she did not put it in. Dude. So a tree had taken a carbon and put it down into the wood wide web into this giant fungal mycelium and it had gone into a different tree. Are is she sure that the tree just didn't reach over and said, here, have some of my carbon? We're pretty sure okay. that's not what happened. I mean, maybe maybe a leaf fell and the leaf decomposed and then the other tree absorbed. Uh, no, I'm sorry. None of that's correct. <laughs> this is insane. That's wild. Yeah. So I did a lot of research on this and a lot of the uh, analogies I found were actually like specifically talking about the Internet and how it's kind of a series of tubes that connect oh servers. And so oh like boy. the the plants themselves, like these these trees can kind of be thought of as servers. And sometimes you have smaller servers or bigger servers um, and like a bigger server would be like a really big like older tree, what's often called like a mother tree when thinking about this, this type of framing of the ecosystem. Um, you have kind of these, what, what 
what scientists have seen is that you have these source plants and then you have these sink plants. Uh, so plants make carbohydrates, right? Using oxygen and carbon dioxide and using photon energy, they create... Pew, pew, pew. Exactly. A, a, carb a carbohydrate. However, if you are unforest, you will have a big tree that gets much sun and many photons, and then you'll have a small little tiny baby tree that will be under the big tree. And when you're under the big tree, you get very few photons. You see what I'm saying? Is this nature's version of trickle-down economics? No, my God. It's like <laughs> nature's version of, like, motherhood. That's why it's called a mother tree. So this oh, big okay. tree, this big tree will pass carbohydrates across the wood wide web to these little small trees what? so that they can continue to survive. Right. So like you, they, they have seen examples of trees that are getting very, very few photons that are really not photosynthesizing a lot, but are able to continue to survive because they're basically getting carbohydrates from the rest of their community. Wait, can I use this in my backyard to grow plants that otherwise wouldn't grow in the shade? Yeah. And you know what you need in order to establish a good Wood wide web in your backyard? What? Compost. Oh. You should compost, Dad. <laughs> that would mean that I have to go through the action of composting. Well, I mean, you can also buy compost, but if you're buying compost, in order to establish a mycelial network, you do have to buy like an active compost that's not dead because you need like living things in it, uh, like fun fungi. Got it. So they send carb carbohydrates. They can also send nutrients around. Uh, they can also send water around, and it has also been found that uh, they can also send stress chemicals and, like, warning signals around on this, like, internet of trees. So they can – I'm just thinking of all the uh, HTTP codes on the web. Uh-huh. Like, they can send, you know, 200s and, and 500s and maybe even a 404. Sure, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Sun sure not thing. found? I don't know. What is a 500 code? I don't know that one. Uh, internal server error. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't really know what that means, but yeah, absolutely. If that helps, sure. No, but that's just, wow. So stress chemicals. I'm like, you know, look out. There's a woodpecker or something. Yeah, I don't know. exactly that. Like, look out. Something is coming, eating our leaves, perhaps like make more cellulose if you can. Okay. Like something's coming and then okay. they will. Huh. Well, that's cool. And herbicides, too, this says? Yeah, so you're reading a little bit ahead. True. Uh, they can also, so yeah, they can also transport things like herbicides, which we don't really want transported. Um, but we ha that hasn't been as studied, partly because um, if you're using something like an herbicide, then that's often uh, diminishing the soil ecosystem, right? If we're growing in a more conventional system, then you usually have a less robust soil ecosystem, not that that has to be the case, that you can't use herbicides in a system that has a robust soil ecosystem. But as we've talked about on the show before, we can always use more science about regenerative agricultural practices that is um, and, and soil, soil science and soil health. Um, one of the other interesting things that they found about these like quote unquote mother trees is that when they are dying, 
they take the carbon that has been stored a lot. Well, not all of it, obviously, but they take some of the carbon they have stored and they release that and as well as other nutrients back into the network. So they're basically passing resources on to the next generation and it kind of speeds up their death. So one of the things that a lot of uh, forestry scientists have been talking about uh, for the last however long, like since the 90s when this research was being done, is considering that when we cut down these larger trees to make plywood or whatever, uh, we're basically taking those resources out so it can be harder for the next generation of trees to actually grow up to maturity because they don't have that kickstart um, as kind of these mother trees were were aging out and passing those resources on. Man, that's wow. Okay. So is this more like an Ethernet or like a token ring type thing? I, I don't know. I think that's the point where we should perhaps get into the break because you were talking way beyond what I know of the internet. <laughs> into the break. You really should learn more about computers and the internet and the way it all works. I think. You know what I do know more about? What? Our Starfruit patrons. Vikram, Lindsay, Patrick, Mama Casey, and Cheyenne. Our Starfruit patrons and all of our patrons have made our local food series possible. They have made it possible for us to get transcripts. They have made so many things possible for us to grow the show, um, things that have happened and things that are coming up that we're planning. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have perks at all kinds of different levels from $1 all the way up to $25 is the highest tier. Uh, we have pretty fun perks. If you're interested, you can come join us over there at patreon.com slash one to grow on pod. That's patreon.com slash one to grow on pod. We would love to see you there. Back to the episode. Back to the episode. Dad, do you have a nature fact for us? I do. Great. All right. So earlier we established that in Star Trek Discovery, they used the mycelial network to fly around. Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. So the engineer that was able to fly them around the mycelial network was played by Anthony Rapp. No way. It, yeah, way. You're kidding. Broadway King Anthony Rapp was True. on the Star Trek. And as you know, Anthony Rapp was big in Rent. He, I mean, he was the lead in Rent. Yes. And the reason he was able to do so well in Rent is because he was a fun guy. What? That's... What? <laughs> he was a fun guy. That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Oh, my God. Also, there are mushrooms that glow in the dark and they look really cool and you should look them up. I, could, I can't even believe you couldn't even come up with a rent appropriate pun. <laughs> like yeah. the amount of rent that you had to listen to when I was in high school and you couldn't even come up with a rent specific oh, pun. You know, I did try to see if they talked about there being mold in the building, but there was no reference no, to it. So. No, no, no. They were just kind of jerks who didn't want to pay rent. No, th oh, that's not the takeaway at all from rent. Not the takeaway. It's just who it's they were not, as characters. No, no. We don't have the time to talk about how wrong you are. <laughs> Thank God. Moving on. Moving on. Back to fungus. So there's been some cool research that's shown that nutrient transfer from old growth Douglas firs happens more 
with plants that are related to them, so like other conifers, versus plants that are more distantly related to them, like broadleaf plants. We don't know how they know. We don't know why that happens. It's not like they're talking to them. They're talking to the fun fungi, to the fungi, who is then talking to the plants. How do they tell the fungi, hey, take this to that tree over there, but not to that tree, because that tree and me are not bros. How do they know? I don't know, but it sounds like they got a little tribal thing going on. I want to know how they know. I want to know how they know so bad. It's so weird. It's so weird. Maybe they can see each other. I don't know. I don't know. That is pretty wild, though. It's wild. It's wild. Maybe it's like um, some sort of gene expression over the network. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, yeah, there, there is so much we don't know about this whole network. There are so many more things that we will be learning in the next, like, 50 years. And I'm sure in 50 years we are going to know so much more and it's going to blow my freaking mind. Maybe they just ask, is your name Douglas? And yeah, that's yes. probably that's probably what the fungi <laughs> do, actually, now that I think about it. That's probably exactly what they do. Yeah. All right. Cool. Score so, one for that. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about like the context of this in agriculture. We've talked a lot about forestry in kind of an oblique way. Okay. Um, so obviously this is very relevant for our timber industries. We haven't done an episode on timber yet, but we're planning on doing it eventually. It's like on my list of things I really want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, this is super connected. Uh, but mycorrhizal fungi are not, they don't just exist in trees. We know about them most in trees because it's pretty easy uh, to put like a, a weird carbon in a tree and then come back a while later and look at another tree. Uh, but if you have annual plants, you might not have like the lifespan to really be able to measure what's being passed back and forth, right? There is still really cool science being done, but like we do know that these mycorrhizal fungi are important to annual crops, you know, like tomatoes, wheat, all of the most of the most of the things that we eat. Uh, we do know that they are important. Uh, we don't just have as much science because there's always more science we can be doing. That is true. There is evidence that plants that are plugged into the network from a young age are generally healthier. Why? We don't really know. It could be because they have more available nutrients when they're young, and so they're able to grow to be more robust. It could be because they have more access to stress hormones, so they get you know less damaged. Uh, there could be other reasons that we don't know of. It's they've got mycelial privilege. Exactly. What, what does that mean? Who knows? We don't know yet, but hopefully we will know soon. There can be issues in agriculture related to the mycelia network. Overuse of fertilizer can damage mycorrhizal networks. Basically because the plants don't need the fungi to provide nutrients, so they're not giving the carbohydrates back to the to the fungal network. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. And that really, like, I mean, that's specific to, to fertilizers, but we do know that large-scale industrial agriculture does damage soil health. And, like, we can talk specifically about, like, mycorrhizal fungi but what we do what we do definitely know and what is really clear is that the fungal network this mycelium under the ground is related to nematodes and is related to protozoa and is related to plants and is related to bacteria all of which are growing in the soil together and so if one of those pieces is missing like if you don't have as much plant diversity then that can damage all of the other pieces that create a healthy 
biological soil. And if you have a healthy biological soil, then you also have a healthy physical soil and chemical soil. Like all of these different aspects of the soil and how it functions can function much better. You see what I'm saying? It's sort of like when everything lives together in harmony, it all works out better. I mean, yeah, sure. If we extrapolate very far back, that is what I'm saying. It's a metaphor for life. Yeah, it's a metaphor for life. We need balance, including mycelium. It's very important. Cool. So in conclusion, the trees talk to the mushrooms and the mushrooms relay the messages to other trees or sometimes even other plants or at least trees of other species or whatever, but not usually. And they all live together with their friends, the bacteria and the nematodes and the other things and good healthy soil, which is important. And it's just cool and amazing and important for a healthy ecosystem. That's the stuff of it. That's the stuff of it, man. Well, thanks, Hallie. You know what? I had fun, guy. Oh, my God. Well, I had I, I had mushroom. That, you had <laughs> mushroom for what? That makes no sense. No. Yeah, well, yours isn't great either. That's true. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of One to Grow On. This show is made by me, Hallie Casey, and Chris Casey. Our music is Something Elated by Broke for Free. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at One to Grow On Pod. Or join our Discord and Facebook communities and leave us your thoughts on this episode. You can find all of our episodes and transcripts as well as information about the team and the show on our website, onetogrowonpod.com. Help us take root and grow organically by recommending the show to your friends or consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash onetogrowonpod. There, you can get access to audio extras, fascinating follow-ups, exclusive bonus content, and boxes of our favorite goodies. If you like the show, please share it with a friend. Sharing is the best way to help us reach more ears. Be sure to see what's sprouting in two weeks. But until then, keep on growing.